This is a CNA podcast. Health Matters, brought to you by Parkway Cancer Center. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. What does it mean to be a cancer survivor? What is the concept, the notion of cancer survivorship? all about. That is one of the big focuses in the upcoming Living to the Fullest with Cancer Symposium. I'll tell you more about the various topics that are being covered there, including things like lymphoma, leukemia, cancer survivorship, uh, multi-cancer early detection as well, which we discussed last week on Health Matters. But today, welcoming into the show, Dr. Sihui T, who's a senior consultant in medical oncology out of Parkway Cancer Center to talk to us about the important reaffirming aspect of cancer survivorship. Dr. Sui, welcome to the studio. Thanks for coming into the show. Let's talk a little bit about the idea of cancer survivorship. And, and, and before we talk to the idea of surviving cancer in of, of itself, what do we mean by the term cancer survivorship? Yes, uh, many years ago, we used to think that if we were able to survive cancer for five years, we mm. would be called a cancer survivor. Yes. But we now know that there are some long-term, maybe even 10, 20 years, uh, where a cancer can recur or a person can go on to get a second cancer. So now we define a cancer survivor as anyone who has who is living with cancer, whether it's five years, 10 years, 20 years, and whether they're in remission or treatment, as long as they're surviving and living with cancer, we call them a cancer survivor. Isn't this amazing? Which really, I mean, palliative care emerged because it was taking care of cancer patients, right? That was a concept in the past. And that's because you had very limited time left. So what's going to happen is with the current cancer survivorship numbers, we've seen that grow and grow and grow so much. It's fascinating. You know, absolutely. We've seen our clinics just exploded with the number of patients on follow-up um, because of the number of cancer survivors we have. Mm. That is huge. So, okay, drill down into what it has become for us in 2023 in terms of cancer survivorship. Well, in, in 2023, we're looking forward to longer cancer survivorship. Oh, wow. we're, we're talking about living normally and then go on to be maybe followed up and discharged only at the end of 10 years. And then I, just just this morning, uh, I had a patient who called me up and said, hey, you know, I haven't seen you for like, what, four years? I say, yeah, please. You know, I don't you, want to see you. <laughs> you, you. Your notes have gone to storage. What do you need? Oh, I need a letter from you to say that I'm clear of cancer. I said, well, sure, you, you can come on down and, and, and do that. But, you know, you got to wait because your notes have gone to storage. You know, wow. that, that, that's how long. And this last one week, I've, I've hugged at least six patients saying that this is the last time I'm going to see you. You've been discharged to the GP. Oh my so, you know, um, it, it's really gratifying to know that we're curing cancers. Why are we able to do this? I mean, are, are we actually curing the cancers? Yes. Well, okay. So the, the concept of cure means the cancer never comes back yeah. again. We're just not talking about survivorship. We're talking about five years, 10 years, 20 years. The cancer will never rear its ugly head again. Mm. So when we discharge a patient, we reasonably believe that the cancer is never going to come back. So they are like a quote-unquote normal person. Okay. But you know, in Singapore, one in three or one in four people may have the risk of getting cancer. So it's really pretty common and a family can get affected. Perhaps um, three out of four families can be affected by cancer. So it's really a very common day thing. Mm -hmm. But to be cured by cancer over the last 30 years or so, we've been very active in educating patients, um, saying, number one, Get your cancer screened if you can. Mm. And if we find it early, the treatments are easier. After surgery, perhaps you don't need to have anything. And even if we have to do some treatment, it'd be short. So 
earlier cancers are cured at a much higher rate. Yes. But a more advanced cancer, perhaps a stage 3 or a stage 4 even, if it's localised, can even have the chance of cure nowadays with the newer treatments. Exactly. So the, do- the opportunities are so much more. We, we, for some cancers in the past you simply didn't have the opportunity to tell somebody that they could even get their affairs in order. No. In some cases, yep. right? Yes. And now you could be give, saying, no, you've yes. got a couple of years. Yes. You can settle this out. Yes. I, I mean, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to be around for, for quite a long while. I've been a medical oncologist for 24 years now. I mean, I remember the days where we had a, a, a disease called um, the GIST disease. It's, it's a soft tissue sarcoma from the stomach, on the okay. intestine. And we had a patient who waited for a new drug to come out till she passed away, which is very sad. Yes. But now this is, um, you know, patients are living 20 years, 30 years with the with the medication. This drug became like a poster boy uh, for targeted therapy. Of course, that's just one story. Mm. Um, what we're really talking about is cure means no further treatment, yeah. not just on treatment. But what, explain to us what it's like during that cancer survivorship period. Because you talk to your patients a lot. Isn't that fear of the return of the cancer always semi-present in the mind? Yes, unfortunately, the fear never really goes away. Um, Immediately after treatment, many of our patients feel a bit jittery. You mean I'm not going to come back and see you every three months anymore? Well, or or every month while you're you're on treatment. So for the first year, they feel really lost. They feel that, well, I've done this now. I've given it all I can. I've done the surgery. The adrenaline is still pumping from the chemotherapy. But thereafter, what what else? What's Mm -hmm. next? I mean, what do I do? Go back to work and pretend nothing has happened? So it's very, very scary. And for the subsequent four years to five years has passed, they look forward to this magical five years where everything is cleared. You know, but the truth is that some cancers, if they don't come back beyond two years, they're never going to come back. So this cancer survivorship needs to be drummed in really from the start. Just live life. We've tried our very best. We've done everything we can that is within reasonable means for a curable cancer. That's it. There's no further treatment. There is no need to seek um, additional treatment, perhaps supplementation, you know, that magic um, supplement, that that thing that I have to do in order to increase my chance of cure. So they just have to go out and believe they've done their best. Exactly. But having said that, is there still a need for screening during all this time? Let's talk about the recommendations for screening for a cancer survivor, maybe, who's going through that period versus somebody who doesn't have cancer. Yes, well, now we know that with um, more popular genetic testing, we are now uh, potentially even considering genetic testing for all cancer patients. If they have a very strong family history or a personal history of cancer, we would like to know if they're going to get another cancer at a relatively high risk in future. And we call that genetic mutation testing, Mm -hmm. a familiar one. Mm -hmm. But the majority of individuals with cancer don't have that genetic mutation. I'd say 85% of individuals with cancer don't have that genetic mutation. Are they at a higher risk of cancer? If they had been um, smoking for a very long time and their uh, diet was not very healthy for a very long time, they might have had a couple of cancers brewing in the the region of like a five year. So there are some risks. But if we looked at the studies, uh, meta-analysis and studies of patients with breast cancer and who have survived breast cancer, their risk of colorectal cancer is actually far lower than the general population. So it's not true that one cancer will lead to another cancer. And it's definitely not true that all chemotherapies will lead to the risk of a secondary cancer. It is true that some of the chemotherapies that we give for uh, breast cancer or ovarian cancer or lung cancer may lead to like a 2.5 to 5% chance of a secondary leukemia 20, 
30 years down the road. But mind you, I mean, we're talking about individuals who survived at 20 to 35 years without getting anything else. And then there is that risk of leukemia. So this is something that we pay attention to uh, a lot. And, and that's why newer techniques of cancer screening is always under research and, um, you know, venture. Yeah. Uh, companies are always trying to come up with the next big thing yes. to try and screen for cancers, leukemias and all that. So looking at the genetic screening and the mutation screening that you're yes. talking about, at what point for the cancer survivor would this be useful? Before they start the treatment, after they start the treatment, when? Well, the conversation is ongoing. Uh, when we talk about the, providing them with chemotherapy, we'll talk about the short-term risks. Yeah. And then we talk about the long-term risk. And then we talk about the risk-benefit ratio. If they're going to benefit from the treatment because it's going to give them a high chance of cure, then clearly the short-term risks are very worth it because okay. the short-term risks are over the moment they finish the chemotherapy. Sure. The long-term risk is rare. It's not say it doesn't happen, but it's rare. And when it's rare, then we say, well, well, it's infinitesimally small compared to the kind of benefit you're going to get because it's either this mm -hmm. or we may die from the actual cancer we're suffering from right now. So we really need to continue the treatment. Now, moving forwards to three, two to three years down the road when they've finished the chemotherapy, the conversation begins to talk about secondary uh, prevention. Like, okay. um, do we need to screen for other cancers? Um, you know, Do I do the normal screening like mammograms if I had colon cancer? The answer is yes. If I had cervical cancer, do I screen? screen for uterine cancer? The answer is no, because you've just removed your uterus. Mm -hmm. So sometimes patients still have this misnomer. My friend is doing this screening and this screening yes. and this screening. I should be doing the same. But like, no, you've removed that organ, remember? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you know? So it's just a constant reminder. Um, what What is... Um, what? What we really want to do is to drum into them that they are normal people yeah. thereafter. They still need that Isn't that the hardest thing? Because screening. the identity yes. of being a cancer patient yes. has become yes. the main identity. But it's also very cultural because if I wanted to change a job after I've suffered cancer, the first thing is ask you, do you have any medical conditions? Yeah. And then they start loading and then they say, are you sure you can do this? And then they require a memo from the doctor to say that you're fit to work. I mean, That's frustrating. You, you know, yeah. So the, the whole society he needs to work it, together. That, that, yes. that, that system is reminding you that yes. you're a cancer patient. Yes, when you're not. I mean, yeah. nobody goes and tells you, are you a diabetic patient? Right. Is your insulin going to affect the way that you work? Yeah. Why, why cancer? So it's a stigma that we still carry. This is fascinating. Yeah. So at the upcoming seminar, before we, we let you go, what are some of the things that you're going to be delving into? When you're oh, well, um, number one is we want to remind um, our audience and the public what is the true definition of a cancer survivorship. Yeah. We want to look forward to the future. Mm -hmm. We don't want to keep sitting here worrying about this cancer. We want to survive this cancer. We want to survive it well. And the one thing I tell my patient is, you know, there's one thing about dying from cancer, but if you don't die, then what happens to your life? right? You're going to spend the next 20 years worried about this and just wasting your time away. Live the life that you're going to have in the next 20 to 30 years. So, but on top of that, we want to be able to screen for cancers as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So normal screening, newer te screening techniques. And we want to talk about sleep because sleep is very important for healing of the brain. I'm so happy to hear you say that. For rejuvenation and for quality of life. Are we seeing cancelling? Uh, Between lack of sleep and increased risk of certain cancers? There, there is definitely sleeplessness and increased risk of certain cancers and sleeplessness and increased risk of dementia Gosh. and depression, which then really affects the quality of life and sometimes may be associated with a higher risk of the cancer coming back. I want to start a sleep series. Yeah. I gotta, <laughs> yes. I got 
Dr. C, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming to the studio. Well, thank you again. She's going to be speaking at the upcoming uh, seminar. I'll give you details. But of course, that was Dr. C. Hui T, who's a senior consultant, medical oncology at a Parkway Cancer Center. You're going to be hearing more at the symposium, including new treatments in terms of blood cancers, uh, multi-cancer screening, improving quality of life through sleep, nutrition, mental health as well. You'll be hearing from many familiar names. I've interviewed them on my shows. Uh, Dr. Colin Phipps-Yong will be there. Uh, Dr. Tan Min Han, Dr. Wong Xiaohua. And uh, you're going to be hearing as well about, speaking of survivorship, it's a great topic on survivorship care and an ongoing mental health care approach. And while our principal counselor will be speaking on that, it's all happening Saturday, 30th September, 1 to 4.30 p.m. at the Vocal Orchard Singapore of the Grand Ballroom. Tickets are just $5 each. Just look out on the PCC website or Eventbrite right now for Living to the Fullest with Cancer. That is the name of the symposium happening Saturday, 30th September. I'm Daniel Martin for Health Matters. Health Matters, brought to you by Parkway Cancer Centre. Before making any decisions based on the information in our programme, please consult a medical professional.